There isn't a one-size-fits-all marketing approach to selling real estate. And sure, there's best practices, but I think that you need to develop a strategy that's unique to your brand or your business and that highlights your superpower. So welcome to the Marketing Trench Podcast, a show dedicated to helping you find your superpower and exploring creative solutions to build a more visible brand that consistently delivers an exceptional customer experience. Whether you're selling real estate, loans, title, or escrow, doesn't matter. We've got you covered. Let's go. Welcome to the Marketing Trench Podcast. On today's episode, we are super excited to welcome Tyler Steenkin of Cole Realty Resource, Cole Information. Let's start by framing up what we're going to be discussing. So we're going to be talking about how to leverage data to create business opportunities. And um, Ricardo just fell asleep, and I'm sure a lot of other people did. So <laughs> let me tell you why, why we're super excited. Oh, about that. gosh. One of the big questions that we have all heard out in the field is, hey, I want to do text. I want to do emails. I want to be cold calling. I want to be reaching the right people. There's a sense that like there exists technology and information out there that helps you to reach the right people. But what we found is that when it comes to the moment you're ready to pull the trigger and do something, you don't know where to get that information. You don't know the first thing about how to think about that kind of information. And when you do get information, maybe from your title rep or something else, it's like bad. And when the information's bad, it's discouraging. You lose your momentum, right? All that excitement you had to like build yourself up to make those cold calls or do whatever. The information, bad information causes you to be like, oh, this sucks. This is where a company like Cole comes in to play. Tyler, pleasure to meet you. Can you give us just a quick sense of your background and a little bit about what Cole does? Yeah, no, I appreciate the opportunity to talk, guys. Yeah, so Cole itself, guys, has been around forever. Right? When I mean forever, seven decades, 70 years have been in this business, right? So prior to technology, prior to internet, prior to cool sessions like this, where we have our webcams on and stuff, right? We were known for the big blue crisscross directories we always printed. So people who might be listening might have seen those before. They were kind of like a phone book back in the day. If you guys remember what phone books were. But instead of by last name, these were directories by a street. Right. So I could find it. I could buy a director in Lincoln, Nebraska, where I live, Houston, Texas, didn't matter. Open up one of these big old books and find everybody on Patterson Street and start calling away. If you have a client on, on that street, well, I want to find their neighbors and use the crisscross directory. And I remember even 16 years ago when I first started, guys, I remember Law and Order, the TV series, actually <laughs> called our, our company and said, hey, can you send a set of these directories out to our set? Because we want to have a law detective call in from a directory to see if they saw the break-in that happened in a specific apartment complex, right? So not just realtors would use this data, but any small business you could think of from roofers to plumbers to insurance agents and police departments for skip tracing. So that's where we were then. Where we're at today is obviously we're all online now. So at your fingertips, so Dustin, to to answer your question, we have a solution where 24-7, any of our clients can log into our system and go grab a specific neighborhood. Maybe they want to go find all the contact information, emails and cell phone numbers for everybody within Edenton South subdivision. Or they want to find everybody who's lived in their house for eight years who owns their home in a zip code and taking that sort of data, downloading it to Excel and then using it with any system they want to, to make the data actionable. So that's my little 30 to 60 second elevator (laughs) right there. Okay. And what would make you guys different than title, right? Because I could just go to a title rep and he can help me. Mm -hmm. So why are you guys really different than that? There's title reps all across the country that have different sources of data. I've heard from a lot of 
clients that I work with, realtors that will say, hey, our title rep, when they give us a list, it barely has any cell phone numbers on it. It barely has any emails on it. I'm waiting for them to send it to us. I want to have it on my own. I need more than 500 records. I need 5,000 records. And that's where we come into play. We're at their fingertips. They can log in. They're not waiting for somebody else. And they have unlimited access to this sort of information. What happens is oftentimes there's certain data you can get for free from your title company for a farm area, but then there's premium data that you have to, premium data would be phone numbers and email addresses. The consumer, the agent's usually paying for that data, but you're not going to have 100% capture rate when you download a farm or request a farm. So if you're trying to pull data of a thousand records around the listing because you want to do your circle prospecting calls, you're not going to get a thousand emails and phone numbers back. Yep, absolutely. And that's where Cole comes into play, where we have that contact information. We're not going to have it for everybody, but definitely our averages are way higher than that. Traditionally, you know, if you look at just a, a confirmed homeowner, a household, we'll have at least one email for at least half of households. A lot of times way more than that. The same thing for a cell phone. We'll have a cell phone for 50 to 60% of all households as well. So you start taking that data. But the biggest thing is you got to make it actionable, right? Having a game plan of, well, who are you going to call? And what are you going to say when you call them? What are you going to say when you send an email to them? What's your message, right? And that's where we try to help our clients every day. Tyler, let's talk about that. So I'm going to play the bit here real quick of of an agent who says, Hey, I want to message a couple of neighborhoods around where I live. The market's super hot. I want to see if I can find some buyers. I don't know where to start. How would you help me to start to think about that? I'll talk to agents all day long and say, Hey, what's a neighborhood that you want to own? Right? What's the neighbor that you want to own the mind share? And then find that neighbor. It could be a neighbor that you live in already. It could be a neighbor that your kids go to school in, that's by your office, whatever it is. But then figure out a game plan to reach out to these folks. And so a lot of people, they don't want to just reach out and say, hey, introduce themselves and, and ask for their business. And you don't even know them yet. Right. So think about maybe, especially right now with this pandemic that we're going through, of really finding a neighborhood and maybe team up with a nonprofit. And saying, hey, we're going to be at the neighborhood park on Sunday from noon to two collecting food for the People City Mission. Or we're going to have the Lincoln City Blood Bank, the Blood Mobile set up shop at the Sheridan Lutheran Church parking lot on Saturday from eight to five. Stop by. You know, we really, they have a dire need for your blood. But then what you can do is you can brand all this stuff is I'm a local realtor. I'm a local lender. I'm just down the street from you. I'm at 70th and Old Cheney. We're in this together. We're in the trenches. I'm not just an e-lender, right? I'm not just an, I'm just not, not an e-agent. And then you just start talking to people, having conversations with them. You know, where are you from originally? What brought you here? Have you thought about moving back there as well? What do you love about the neighborhood? What don't you love about the neighborhood? But that's the way right now during a pandemic to really reach out to people. Because what, what I encourage everyone all day long is that you need to be doubling down on lead generation right now. You need to be having as many conversations as you can, building those nurtures in your pipeline because we don't know what the next two quarters are going to bring. That's a non-confrontational way to do an outreach for a specific neighborhood you want to go after. I really like that, Tyler. We, you know, here in Southern California, we had a, I I have a charity that I've worked with that what they do is they offer uh, free home furnishings to veterans. How you get that furnishings is you go to the community, you go to the neighborhood. So I think Ricardo and I talked about this on stage probably five or six years ago about doing something like this. If you're a local agent, put together something for the community, invite everybody down. The other thing, data is great. 
but nobody is mailing anymore. Mm -hmm. So if you had something like that and you were putting together some sort of community event, which I don't want to gloss over that because what we like to talk about here a lot of times on this podcast is thinking about different ways to bring value to your customer base, to your market, and doing that kind of thing, something that's not about you, but you getting involved in it, you being the voice, the orchestrator, and you bringing people together and being the connector is a super, super powerful way to hyper-local domination 101, right? Is be the guy or the gal. Less about you, more about them. Yeah, and then it's all about a multi-channel approach. So you call the people you can call. You email the people you can email. You you door knock when you can door knock again, right? You send out mailers. You upload that same list of a 1,000 homeowners within that neighborhood and put it into Facebook for a custom audience. And that's how you start owning the mindshare. They just think of other ways, right? Think of maybe local restaurants that are by that neighborhood and send an email out saying, Edenton South e-newsletter, hey, here's five local restaurants that really need our support right now. Or we're going to have Joe's barbecue food truck at our brokerage parking lot on Saturday. Let's support a local food truck, right? It's especially right now. I mean, I was teaching these things prior to six months ago, but the last six months, this is where the focus really needs to be, right? And so you find some of those neighborhoods that you have a reason to be in that neighborhood, right? And then you just go in there and dominate it, like you said. Love it. And then there's just other ways. To, to think outside the box, right? Inventory, I'm assuming it's still short in your area as well, right? I mean, about every market I talk to across the country, inventory is really short. So what, I, what I'll tell clients, and I've heard this over and over, over again as having success, is if you have buyers who want to live in a specific subdivision or a specific neighborhood, use that as a reason to reach out to that neighborhood, right? So I interviewed a client of ours here a while back in New Hampshire. His name is John Mosillo. And essentially, he had a great family who lived on a really busy street and said, hey, John, you can list our house and sell it, but not until you can find us a house in the neighborhood we want to move into. He went and grabbed a neighborhood of cell phones and emails. He Uh took the cell phones and uploaded them into a ringless voicemail. There's lots of ringless voicemail systems out there. And he dropped a voicemail something like this. It said, hey there, my name is John. I'm a local real estate agent just down the street from you at 70th and Old Cheney. And I wanted to give you a call because I have a great family that lives on Patterson Street right now. And if you're not familiar with Patterson Street, it's a super busy street. They live by the intersection. And honestly, they're scared to have their young kids play out in the front yard because of all the traffic. And they love to live in your neighborhood where it's a quiet neighborhood, have big trees. And maybe when they get a little bit older, can walk to Maxie Elementary. Was wondering if you have anybody who might be looking to move soon, haven't listed their property. We'd love to bring our buyers to the property first. Mm-hmm. Right? A very non-intrusive voicemail. Uh, he actually got a Google phone number. So it was a local phone number. And then when he dropped the voicemail and his people called him back, he knew instantly it was in regards to the voicemail they dropped. because It was a local phone number he had dedicated towards that campaign. He followed up with an email, right? An email, buyers looking in Edenton South subdivision. And he said he got about a 50% open rate because that resonates to somebody who lives in Edenton South subdivision, right? Super local. So fast forward, had a retired couple where they were about to list their home but hadn't done it yet because they were going to move into a retirement home. Uh, he brought his buyers to the property. They loved it. Uh, the wife had called him back and because they got both of the email and the cell, and the phone call. He, his buyers loved it and got a pocket listing out of the deal. So that's one of the ways, again, it's a non-intrusive way to do an outreach for people, right? And you're not even asking the, for the business directly. It's more of an informational call. Like I'm doing a favor for my clients, telling the story. So if you have 
you know, a family that wants to live next to their in-laws or wants to retire and live next to a golf course, use that as a, as a way to do that outreach and tell a story per se. Have you guys heard, heard of any clients doing anything like that at all? It's a difficult approach, but I've definitely heard the, hey, I've got a buyer who wants to live in this neighborhood, and then you're go door knocking in that in that market. But this is a brilliant way to approach that. And it's a super smart strategy, especially when you have limited inventory like this. That personal messaging, it's a really, really good story. I mean, how many more stories like this? I mean, these are these are really really good ideas. I mean, this is Media this is did, really interesting. Media did that with a couple in downtown LA. The uh, okay. uh, condo came on the market, and it was one of few that came on the market. And it was a multiple offer situation. They didn't get it, and most of the people that own there they hold the property for at least six years, six or so years. Mm-hmm. So he pulled the data from Cole. <laughs> And did a custom letter to everyone in that complex to see if he can find another listing for his buyer. Right. Wow. I, I don't remember what his results or his numbers were, but I know he eventually sold him a house. But that's the sort of stuff that, you know, I think oftentimes we don't think about or we forget. And it's not super hard. I mean, what I love. So the reason why I even interviewed John is that he reached out to me in a private Facebook group mastermind class that we're in together. And he goes, hey, Tyler, I think you should interview me. Because I'm not one of these guys that makes 500 phone calls a day. I'm not, I'm not Mr. Overachiever. It's not in my DNA, right? He goes, but with fly dial, I can drop 500 voicemails and it takes me literally less than 10 minutes. And so the story that, that he told was 15K in commissions in 15 minutes, right? Just like that. Again, just thinking of ways to leverage data to have meaningful conversations. One of the other things is, is like looking at somebody's age, right? And we all know the analytic companies out there. So I'll go all day long. If you want to own the mindshare of a neighborhood, call and email everybody. You can't predict a job transfer. You can't predict when somebody passes away, gets a divorce. Those are things you can't predict. We, My wife and I just built a house about three years ago. Several of our neighbors have already moved, right, with job transfers or divorces, things like that. But if you want to do maybe a bigger campaign, more than just a neighborhood, and for like Lincoln, Nebraska, population 300,000, you can't you know, reach out to everybody, right? You can't be all things to all people. So instead, find a subset of a group that you want to, you know, clone per se. And so that could be maybe a people, it could be a neighbor, you know, people that you go to church with. It could be people that you network with at a gym, you know, things like a Rotary Club. That maybe that's a group of people you want to go after. Or you can use data, you know, like what we provide where you could say, hey, I want everybody who's above the age of 70, who's lived in their home for at least 20 years in this zip code. So now I'm taking a, a zip code of 20,000 people and I'm narrowing it down to 1,200 people doing a, a prospecting campaign towards those people specifically. And maybe it's doing the same thing I just talked about where I'm talking about collecting food for a People City Mission or furniture for veterans, but you're only inviting those 1,200 people, right, to get in front of them who are more likely to move. What's maybe one of the more obscure data points you guys actually have? <laughs> That's a good question. We're not that sexy. So I don't want to say we have all these different things, right? I don't want to mislead people, right? Because data is data. And for our price point, you know, we're not charging thousands of dollars a month, right? So we can't have all these bells and whistles. So it is your your basic data attributes, age of the person, length of residence, income levels, you know, credit range, things like that. Now, you could be able to see like how much they might have on a loan or... 
No, I mean, we'd have, we, what their original loan was for, okay. right? So if they bought their house for 400, took out a loan for 200 right, and a 20 year loan 12 years ago, you could start looking at the data and building your profiles to kind of get an idea of who would be a better candidate to reach out to. Absolutely. Re- recent liens would show up. So if they refinanced after See, the original lien, they, would it show they, up? They would not. I don't. It's going to be the original. The original when they when they purchased the house originally. So a really good strategy around what you had just described, even the demographic that you described, over seventy years old, lived in their home for X number of years. You know, in the mortgage space, those of you who are in the reverse mortgage space, but realtors really need to understand this. You can go into an older neighborhood like that and help seniors right size with no payments on the new home. So if they have 65% equity in their home, they sell it, put it down on the new home, they have no payments until they die. They don't have even have payments when they die. So it's when they leave the home. <laughs> but, but I mean, that's a, but that's a, the kids have the payments. Right. But, but I mean, that, that, that strategy alone is a really smart way to approach this. What other unique things have your clients come at you with? And you just said, like a face palm here. It's like, oh my God, I can't believe nobody's ever thought of that before. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, and so we do have some other data, you know, like, Things like hobbies, right, are, are on there. Like vehicle, oh, wow. what vehicles they drive, right? Things Ooh. like that. And so, and so that's kind of the, the fun thing. Like, I had a client a while back who's a big motorcycle guy, right? And he goes, "I want to, you know, that's my thing. I love motorcycles." So he built a list and a few zip codes and, and areas that he wanted to work and find it, found other people who rode motorcycles. Because guess what? If you start using that in emails that you send out, somehow you drop that in your voicemail, you know, that, hey, we're doing a big, I'm having a, a motorcycle club starting, things like that. Because again, that's your niche market, right? It's kind of building your avatar of people you want to go after. So it's kind of d- different ways like that as well. That actually makes me think Ricardo could finally start his Volkswagen Bug convertible <laughs> club with a little smile spot in the cup holder. I mean... <laughs> I know he's been looking to connect with those people. Uh, well, I knew an agent. This is, Ricardo, this is way back in the Ari Barcamp days. But I remember a story one guy was telling. He was a gearhead. So he liked to he liked to work on cars. And he, he was an agent that specialized in listing and selling homes that had garages mm-hmm. big enough that you could work on cars in. Oh, wow. and, and he worked in a neighborhood. It was like San Pedro or something where it was kind of rare to get a three-car garage. So like he focused on like he just sold three car garage houses oh, wow. and he went after them and, and it was like his whole mm-hmm. thing. Think about that in terms of if they like automobiles, if they like Winnebago's, they're going to need an RV space. Right. So right. you go after people that hey, you go after homes with RV spaces. You know, mining for data is mining for ideas, too. Right. <laughs> that, that, right. That's really cool. What, what other data points have you seen people use that surprised you? Right. I mean, no, I mean, those are probably the basics, right? I mean, then you have some of your, which are sensitive information that sometimes I don't even like talking about it, but you have like, you know, income levels, right? So if you want to go after wealthy people, high-end users, like your normal, like home values, things like that, wealth indicators, you know, presence of, of elderly in the home, right? So like second generation homes, different ways to, to, to go after those people, you know, gender, race, ethnicity, things like that as well. And again, to just build the avatar of who you want to go after. But I'll be honest with you. I don't want to, we could go down that rabbit hole all day long, but end of the day, it goes back to a specific neighborhood, 
that's what it ends up. Mm-hmm. I mean, 98% of our searches, I think, are done within our neighborhood search, right? Where you want to own the mind share of a specific neighborhood, right? And then you take that list of a thousand records, you add the information about them, right? So I want to know their length of residence, the age of the person, income levels, and all that. So I have that list of a thousand records. And then I might, I still want to reach out to everybody, but then I prioritize, right? So anybody who's been there for 15 years, I'm going to go put door hangers on their door, right? I'm not going to, you know, I'm going to go look, get a little more effort for those people that are more likely to sell. You know, people are, who are above a certain age range. Hey, you're 80. Okay. I'm going to start door knocking you or, you know, things like that just to, to prioritize that list. Are you able to see if someone's like grown their family? So for example, if they added a a dependent or something like that in the past year or two? Unfortunately, there's not Uh, really a trigger on there per se. I I know I get, we've looked at those data sources and that's the tough part with our product. You know, we're charging less than a hundred bucks a month for unlimited data when it's all said and done. And if you do the math on it, it's really like 70 bucks a month where you can use as much as you want to. So for the price point that we're at, it's really hard to, add some of those trigger data points because it yeah. makes it like double, quadruple, 10 times the price that we're selling. And then it out, you know, it puts it down on the market when it comes for pricing. Most do you guys have some sort of API that integrates into your data? We do. So that's kind of a different world that we live in. The API is more for lead generation companies, companies that sell maybe expireds and FISBOs and they want to find cell phone numbers to tie to them. I think of companies where... Uh, I think well, Bold Leads is a company I know as a partner of ours that's on that's on Connector API, and they're out front telling people about it. So I feel like I'm okay talking about it as well. Where you know for home valuation leads, mm-hmm. you know they're out there doing Facebook ads, Google PPC ads, but a lot of people it's a partial lead. You know, step one, enter your address, and then step two, okay, give us your cell phone or email, and we'll contact you with the home valuation. People drop off. Well, we have APIs where, yeah, you can bounce those addresses all real time. So within a half a second, you know, when that person abandons your website, they put in an address. We can tell you who lives there, their phone number, things like that. So, yeah, we do. We definitely have APIs. It's kind of a complex question, right? Because there's a lot of variances of our APIs depending on what our end users want to do. But we don't, we won't, we won't sell those to individual agent per se. That's more of our, you know, brokerages, lead generation companies, things like that. I'm just, Thinking, I'm kind of a data geek, anyhow. But I, I mean, I'm just thinking. I think the word "data" is extraneous in that sentence. <laughs> I mean, if I were if I were a newer agent and I was working a farm, I would almost work backwards. I would upload that entire farm into my CRM and keep track of every activity that I do on that farm. Every time you come back from door knocking or doing whatever yes. you go back, you put notes in that CRM. So now you've got all of their data. You know who's on there. You're appending all of that data. And eventually you're turning that into a super, super valuable data set that's going to make it way easier. And then by the time you actually have a conversation with that person, you're going to have, oh yeah, I talked to them six months ago. Their daughter just had a baby or whatever the case is. So now instead of knocking on doors and if somebody talks to you, you collect their information, you already have their information. Now go out and get to know them better. You're exactly right. Again, and that's the multi-channel, right? Calling, emailing, door knocking, getting you know, getting to know these people, then knowing everything within it, the neighborhood, like how many transactions that happened, are home values up, are they down? Is there a restaurant that opened up nearby? You know, I had a, I had a client recently I talked to where he didn't live in the neighborhood and he didn't even have his own dog, and he would borrow a neighbor's dog and then would go put the dog in a car, go drive to the farm and walk 
the neighborhood with the dog, <laughs> right? Because he wanted to be out and meeting neighbors, right? I mean, to, to be up front and like getting to know the gardeners yeah. and the people outside and stuff. So, I mean, that's how you own the mindshare. It's a multi-channel approach. I, that might be taking it to the next level, right? No, that's brilliant. That really is brilliant. It's hard to resist yeah, somebody right? walking with a dog. <laughs> I, everybody wants to come up and pet the dog. Right? You also just, you need access to the neighborhood. So if there's a coffee shop nearby, you know, that's the coffee shop that you need to go visit with your name tag on, right? I mean, support local businesses within that neighborhood. Again, just a multi-channel approach at a very hyper-local area. You know, one of the big things if you start getting into advertising and especially Facebook marketing, you're not allowed to imply that you know anything about the person in the ad, mm-hmm. even though we do, right? So, even though so, we have the data. So do, you, do you think we'll run into any problems or an agent would run into any problems with taking some of those data points like high income, right? You know, their income, et cetera, uploading that as a custom audience. Is there any reason with Facebook's changes? I don't think so because we can still do custom audiences. We just can't do lookalikes. Right. I believe. I've seen it, and this varies from account to account, but sometimes I've seen it kick up the special ad housing category on the custom audience that you're uploading. I've seen that pop up sometimes and other times I haven't. There's a new lookalike type of audience feature right now in, in Facebook. I haven't played with it a lot. But what I'm thinking is really all you're matching is maybe email address, maybe first, last name, city. Um, You're not uploading all of the income data or any of that. You're just pulling that data. You're stripping out all of that extraneous data, and you're just uploading whatever key data points that Facebook's going to find, and then you you can, and then you should be able to retarget those people. I think that's possible. I mean, I know there are services out there that you can do all of this search. Like I can go to Tyler and I can say, I want this zip code. I want this gender. I want this age. And there are companies out there that will just import that into Facebook as a custom audience. I don't get to see any of the data and Facebook will allow that. So as long as I'm not the one choosing it, then you don't run into fair lending, redlining, that kind of thing. And that's the whole point the whole purpose of everything that that they're trying to do but i i'm pretty sure that you can pull your data strip out all of that stuff if you try to upload age and zip code and things like that to facebook you might uh, get red flags but if you're just uploading maybe their name their city and their email address and phone if you have it you could probably get a pretty good percentage of hits on that I know, and that's what we have a lot of clients doing right uploading that those thousand records everything you know just or whatever it is. And yeah, by the name, by the email address, by the cell phone number, right? And uploading it up and they're getting a, a ton of hits that way, a ton of matches. California with the CCPA is is a little bit weirder. We've had to jump through a bunch of hoops to be able to actually do Facebook marketing and do some retargeting in, in California. It's a California rule. Can you explain what that is? TCPA was a telephone... Consumer Protection Act. That was basically the do not call list, probably what, 15, 20 years ago. They've up recently updated that to include January this year, no? January this year. And then California introduced the CCPA, which is California Consumer Protection Act. That's actually more strict than the TCPA. It basically opens you up to you can be fined for sending unsolicited ringless voicemails or texts. So in California, I would be careful about that. At least do your homework and find out. But just doing it straight cold 
might be you 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 want to do your homework you just want to you want to make sure that they're not doing it but in other states that it's still allowed and again there there's still there are other ways that you can use it without hitting them with a ringless voicemail if you've got something that you're doing like like tyler opened with whether you're doing a uh, food drive for the community or something like that you know ringless voicemail is convenient but pick up the phone and make those phone calls have those conversations with people it's not about quantity it's about quality yeah and i'll say all day long i mean you can lock yourself in a room and make a ton of phone calls with this guy right i mean you can make a ton of phone calls that way right and i bet majority of our clients, that's what they're doing, right? They're dedicating an hour a day. You don't have to dedicate 10 hours a day, right? Dedicating an hour a day and you can make, you can crank out a ton of phone calls that way. You're exactly right. I think Slidial isn't, Slidial is not, Slide Broadcast is the ringless voicemail, but Slidial, you can upload all of those and it'll dial for you. You don't even have to dial. You just sit there and if they they (laughs) don't answer the phone, you click a button and it leaves a voicemail. That's That's totally legal. Yep. Is, it a, is it a power dialer? Like, can you yeah. do? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So it just, it goes through them. And when it connects somebody, it connects you with that person. If they don't answer, you push a button, it leaves a pre recorded voicemail, starts dialing the next number automatically. Power dialers are powerful. And I wasn't sure where we were going to go with this. But <laughs> no, but this is, this is, this is good stuff, man. I mean, this is deep in the trench. These are people that, you know, these types of tools are what differentiate you from people who are just expecting food to just fly in your mouth because you're sitting <laughs> at your desk. Right. You know? Tell you this, I think what I told this uh, recently as well is that so. Before the pandemic, even before this, I've always done a lot of agent interviews. A lot of them tend to be top 100 agents across the country. They've been a client of ours for for years, you know, or even decades, right? And I'll tell you what, the theme I had heard already in like December, January, February was a lot of these agents were looking at their ROI on the their spend on leads. And a lot of them are, were saying, you know, we we're spending thousands of dollars a month on leads or whatever it was, and we're upside down on them. We're losing, you know, they're not, these people aren't even answering their phones when they try calling them. So they're, instead, we're like changing their focus to back to basics using platforms like ours mm-hmm. just to go out there and reach out to everybody. And then once the pandemic hit, I feel like that just got put on steroids, right? Of, oh, yeah. And we have partnerships with, you know, a lot of the major coaching companies. And a lot of these major coaches have really pushed their agents to say, hey, Cut your spend. Look at what you're. What what are you spending money on? You, you have to get lean right now. So you know, go use a source like Coal where it's super affordable, and then have unlimited opportunities to have these conversations rather than spending thousands of dollars a month on leads. Well, I run into this almost every week where an agent will always say, "I want more listings. I need more listings," and so they're so quick to want to spend money to run a, a seller lead ad. They're just throwing money away. They don't have a system for following up. They don't understand that you're going to get a, a lower quality lead because you know every you you can identify intent. Everybody's curious what their home is worth, but are they really motivated to buy? Probably not. And you know what if you just reframe the way you do your marketing or did something that's a little more long term that's going to yield you a better result? What what if you picked a farm where you focused on move down buyers. So two story homes in an area that have over 80% equity live there for 20 plus years. Mm-hmm. And you dedicate the next six months to doing like twice a month, direct mail postcards, maybe piggybacking with some Facebook ads, 
and, you know, doing all the other things in the local community. What if you focused on that for the next six months instead of saying, I'm going to throw $100 on some seller lead ads and hope I get a listing? Boring. <laughs> what, if, what if you targeted everybody who's, who owns a condo or a townhouse? Like, you're, we're on lockdown, we're on quarantine. Suddenly, this tight little space isn't so cute yeah. anymore, and I need right? a home office. What if you targeted them for the next, you know, three to six months? Right. Do you guys have uh, Do you guys have data on tiny homeowners? Because I, I would be marketing to those people. Talk about a friend that didn't age well. <laughs> but in their backyard for their office. Like so. seriously, I would. I we would be a wreck right now. We just had a baby. We'd be a wreck if I didn't have a home office, like a room dedicated for a home office. Like I would immediately be thinking of of buying a bigger place. And one of the things they talked about at the Tom Ferry Success Summit this weekend, and it's true, it's uh, going after non-owner occupied with the new rent control laws that have gone into effect this year. And the fact that people who own property, investment property, they don't have an emotional attachment to the property. They don't. It's yep. an investment. So I think we're we're quick to look for, I guess, low-hanging fruit, but we're not willing to invest in, in I guess, getting a little more thoughtful or purposeful with who we're trying to market to and then playing the long game. Well, I want to I weigh in on that really quick because Ricardo, that, stunningly, that's a really good point. But this is the thing, right? We've talked so often about, you know, other podcasts, we have talked so often about leads, right? And it's like people spend a ton of money on leads. They try two or three phone calls. It doesn't work. And then they're like, these leads are bad. And Two or three, you're being generous. Yeah. And what I hear you saying, Ricardo, and what I hear you saying, Tyler, is, hey, look, the data is the data. These lead companies are using the same data that we have right now because we're probably supplying them with that. All the all the lead company has done is maybe just an incremental amount of additional work to decide who here makes sense theoretically in some abstract principle for you to talk to versus who doesn't. To Ricardo's point, it's like just get a bit creative. Figure out what you want to own. If you want to own, you know, some category. And, and Tyler, you were mentioning, I really love your focus on neighborhoods, by the way, because a lot of the people I talk to are like, I want to own every address and this, <laughs> or this zip code. This zip. It's like thousands like, and thousands. Like 10,000 uh, homes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's like, that's like, gotta be a deal in there somewhere. Yeah. Right. But, but, but you also don't want to go too niche, right? Where you look at the houses that have sold in that area and it's only been six sales in the last year. Sure. Sure. You're talking about geographic niche, but what Tyler was talking about is coming up with these these external value propositions that you can use that data to communicate with those people. Because you're you're right, all any ads are are basically an attempt to try to collect the data that Cole already has. the The only thing, the only difference is is potentially if your messaging is right, you can identify motivation. That's the only thing you can identify with the data set like what Cole has. But I mean, ultimately, it's you're probably getting better data that already exists, everything that you know about them, and you just have to find the motivation. But when you talk about riches and niches, niche doesn't have to just be a neighborhood. A niche can also be a topic like the move up or the move down or the seniors or something like that. Ricardo, are you sure that that fire alarm doesn't mean that you're actually on fire? I hope not. <laughs> okay, good. Tyler, we're all pretty slow here, the three of us. So we generally generally don't ask the best questions. What question have we not been smart enough to ask you? Or what thing do you think, hey guys, like this is like when I get on a call with a prospect or someone who's thinking about our resources, this is the number one thing they should know. What is that? 
I feel like I'm kind of dodging the question, right? Like, end of the day, there's it's just data. It's just thinking of ways to make the data actionable. I think right now at the pandemic, maybe the one thing that we haven't talked about right now is the, the whole virtual world that we're in, right? So, you know, I know so many people, I teach a class all the time on three strategies on a prospect from home right now, right? Because a lot of people are used to doing door-to-door knocking. They're used to doing open houses. Guess what? Bye-bye. Those are gone. Can't do those. And we don't know when you're going to be able to do them again, right? And so think of ways to connect virtually as well, right? So maybe... We'll sign up for that class. Right? Yeah. No. And that's what it is. That's the whole goal is... Yeah. So I I would love to talk offline about that, right? I will have to send you that link offhand. It's a couple dots in it and stuff. Ricardo, I'll send that to you. We'll link to it in the show notes. Yeah. Yeah. Let's put it on the show notes for sure. Because it sounds like you do a lot of education around how to use data. Yeah. No, that's exactly what it is. And so... but. With virtual, it's like, okay, maybe I'm going to still do an open house, but it's a virtual open house. So now the same thing. Let me call and email the direct neighbors around that virtual open house I'm doing. And still, you know, I'm calling on behalf of your neighbors, the Joneses, right, as a value add for them. Even before the pandemic, but especially now, you know, if you want to go after apartment renters, that's what some of Cole provides is here's all the apartment renters in a certain zip code. Well, now you can maybe invite them to a virtual workshop, four steps on how to buy your first home, right? Virtually. Here, a Zoom on, on Thursday night, you know, from seven to, seven to nine. I don't know when things are going to change. And I think when they, even when they get back to normal again, this virtual world that we've created and really been in here lately isn't going to go anywhere. I think you're going to continue to see a lot of virtual stuff and just think outside of the box of using data to invite people to, to these sort of virtual events as well. Awesome. All yeah, right. my, mind, um, my mind's racing a little bit. I'm thinking yeah. <laughs> about all of the ways I could use this data. This is awesome. I, I, heard, I heard the hamster wheel squeaking. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was a Ricardo's fire alarm. <laughs> oh, man. Awesome. Tyler, where can people find you? Go to our website. It's coal information is what it is. You'll see that we work with all different industries, go to the real, real estate industry. Yeah, so it's C-O-L-E, coalinformation.com. Anybody who mentioned this podcast, use the key code 200 off if you're wanting to get more information and want to buy a subscription. So normally it's $995 a year or $200 discount. It's $795 for the year wow. where you get access to your entire state. You get login credentials. You download as many lists as you want to throughout the year. That's awesome. Okay, coalinformation.com, promo code 200 off to save $200 off of the annual subscription. Gets it down to $795, which is, man, that's a huge that's a huge deal. Thanks so much for offering that to our... Absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. Okay, well, if you are listening to this podcast, you could also be listening to one of our other sister podcasts, such as Charlotte Real Estate Buzz with John the Mortgage Smith. Probably almost as good as our very own Scott Shang, but you know, (laughs) our Mortgage X podcast, The Confident Closers, any number of great podcasts over at Real Disrupt Podcast Collaborative. Real Disrupt Podcast Collaborative is the network that we are proud to be a part of. They help us grow our audience, spread the word, and just overall are great people over there. So check them out. And also, you can find us on Facebook. Join our Facebook group. I'm going to put the little thing. There it is. Oh, we're so professional. On Facebook, that's where you can find uh, links to uh, resources like Cole Information and the 200 off. And then also the classes, stuff like that. We'll be posting it to Facebook. Uh, and you can also find us on Apple, Spotify, Overcast, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Until next time, this has been The Marketing Trench. Yeah. Thanks, guys. <laughs>